Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the pastor's study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and pastoral ministry from those with proven experience in Christian service. Our time together will be lively, sometimes controversial, always useful, and never dull. Welcome to the study of Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is Pastor Bill Shishko here with you. It's great to have you with us for another visit to the pastor's study. I've always been intrigued by what Jesus meant in verse 52 of the 13th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Every scribe, now a scribe was an an expert in, in reading and writing, every scribe who's been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure or his storehouse what is new and what is old. Now, there's a lot of difference of opinion about just what Jesus is speaking about here, but at least Jesus has this in mind. Teachers who would be faithful to the meaning of Jesus Christ's coming into the world need to bring out the teachings of the Old Testament and show how they're fulfilled in Jesus Christ and his kingdom, which is, of course, spoken of and begins with the New Testament. Well, the suffering servant that is so vividly spoken of in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah in the Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus as he, on the cross, suffered the punishment of sin and gave his life as a ransom for many. Well, the kingdom that would spread from sea to sea and from the Euphrates River even to the ends of the earth, as we read in the 72nd Psalm, would be fulfilled by the great commission of the church making disciples of all the nations. The blessings of God promised to Old Testament Israel, something God calls a root in the Bible book of Romans chapter 11. Well, those those blessings would be given to believing Gentiles who are, by grace through faith, grafted in to that root as branches. The Garden of Eden, from which our first parents were banished because of their sin, would be transformed into something far better in the eternal Garden of Eden, the new heavens and the new earth, to be ushered in after Jesus returned from heaven at the last day of human history. And, and there are so, so many other things of the Old Testament that have their fulfillment with the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. Again, that's the beginning of the New Testament. Well, today, faithful ministers of the Word of God must be able to bring out of the treasures of their studies the things of the Old Testament and also show their hearers and readers how these things are transformed in and by Christ, as explained in the New Testament. To paraphrase Matthew 13:52, every minister who has been trained to open the Word of God faithfully is like the father of a house, bringing out of his treasures things old and things new. But I think we need to go further. In every generation of the Christian church, we bring out of the treasures of our history things old and things new. We have the psalms and hymns of the Old and New Testaments, and we should use those in our worship. But we can also use new hymns, new songs, that are faithful to the Bible as the complete and sufficient Word of God, but are composed in each new generation. We have nearly 2,000 years of Christian church history, as well as the history recorded in the Bible, and we should certainly learn this history and its many lessons, but there are events going on in our own day which are becoming part of that history, 
and we should learn from today as well as yesterday. We have the words of the Bible and the words of hundreds of years of books that interpret and apply the Bible, some doing a much better job of that than others. And while we should certainly learn from people today who interpret and apply the Bible, uh, some doing a much better job of that than others, we should also learn from the best of books produced by godly writers in past generations and in any and every generation we should especially learn from those books which have been most useful in helping people to correctly understand, to correctly believe, and to correctly obey the things given to us in the only book that is always correct, the Bible, which, of course, is inspired by God and is without error. Now, not to be too technical, but we need to resist our tendency to what has been called chronological snobbery, thinking that our generation is smarter and more enlightened than the generations that have preceded us. The late English author C.S. Lewis put the issue this way, disregard of human authority, that is, human authority in the generations that have preceded us, continuing now with Lewis, Disregard of human authority may spring from the belief that human history is a simple movement from worse to better, what is called a belief in progress, so that, the belief goes, any given generation is always in all respects wiser than all previous generations. Lewis again, to those who believe this, our ancestors are obsolete and there seems nothing improbable in the claim that the whole world was wrong until the day before yesterday and now has suddenly become right. With such people I confess I cannot argue, for I do not share their basic assumptions. So wrote C.S. Lewis about the tendency, and it is a very common one in the United States, to dismiss the wisdom, the insights, and the instruction of previous generations. Well, today, on a visit to the pastor's study, we're going to be right up front about bringing things old and things new out of the treasures of books about the Bible, the Christian faith, and the Christian life. And as we do so, I want you to get excited about written things, writings both old and new, that will feed your mind, your heart, and will help you grow as a healthy Christian. And to do that in the minutes ahead, we're going to feature what, in my opinion, is the publishing company that has done the very best job of filling a treasury with the riches of Christian literature, both old and new, and that publishing company is the Banner of Truth Trust. The Banner of Truth Trust began in 1955, but I'm going to let our guest tell you more about that. All I'll say now is that in preparing this program I was reminded of so many of the books that over the past nearly half century formed me as a Christian, as a Christian minister, and as a pastor. So, to say the least, I am very excited to bring you into the world of these things old and new. Our guest today is Mr. Pat Daly, manager of the Banner of Truth Trust USA, and our program is called the Banner of Truth Trust, bringing the past 
to the present. Remember that our program invites you to visit the pastor's study by way of your phone calls or text. Now, to be on the air as part of the program, here's the number, 631-955-5400. That'll get you right here to the studio, 631-955-5400. Or you can text your questions, and you can do that anytime during the week, but particularly texted questions for this program right at this number, 516-367-0391. Text questions only, 516-367-0391. And put that under Pastor Bill. I do really enjoy getting your texted questions. Well, for now, Pat Daly, manager of the Banner of Truth USA. Hey, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study. Hey, Bill. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Hey, Pat, tell us a little bit about why... The Banner of Truth Trust started. What, what's its mission? Sure. Yeah. Happy to happy to talk about that. You know, you mentioned things old and new. Um, I'm someone who's new, but I've been working for a ministry that's quite old in modern language. Uh, we've been around for 60 years, and we started simply because we believe the best of Christian literature was unavailable. There's a little story I can tell to kind of illustrate this, and. This is kind of the story that we tell when, it, when anyone asks us why did, or how did the banner really get started. So in the 50s in the UK, there was a man by the name of Ian Murray who was teaching a church history lesson. And he was teaching it at um, Westminster Chapel in London. And some of your listeners might recognize the name of that church as the church where a man by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones ministered. And if they've never heard of that man, he was one of the most uh, foremost expositors of God's word in the 20th century. So he's there teaching church history, and he's talking about men like the Puritans, like the Reformers, um, you know, Calvin, Owen, Sibbs, Scottish divines like Andrew Bonner, Robert Murray McShane, all these great authors and ministers from from days gone by. And there's another man who is listening to this this lesson at Westminster Chapel, comes up to Ian and says, hey, how can I get some of these books? These books sound excellent. I'd love to get my hands on some of them. I'd love to buy and read some of them. And Ian had to give him this sad story of, well, really, you, it's very, they're very hard to find. You can perhaps track them down in, a, in an old uh, bookshop and find secondhand copies. It's kind of hard to do that. Or you can go to the Evangelical Library in London and, and rent copies. But publishers today had stopped publishing these books for a couple of reasons. But I think one of the biggest reasons was that they just weren't popular. And, and the publishing mindset of the Christian publishers in the U.K. at that point had fallen into... You know, if the if the pastor has an uh, an audience, if the book can be popular, then we can put our time and energy behind it. But we can't really waste our time on these less popular works. Well, with that problem in front of them, a number of men, and I can't I can't list them all now, but that's okay because this has really been a work of God, and it's to God that all the glory belongs. Um, but a number of men got together with this desire to recover the best of Christian literature that had been forgotten. And even if it wasn't going to be popular, it was going to be hard to sell, that's okay. We were going to put our energy uh, behind these things, promoting them, because we believe what's biblical, what's faithful, what's true, is what's good and what the church needs to read, not what's, not what's popular. I'm not basing our decisions based on um, what would sell. I mean, surely that's a worldly desire that a business has for profits, but we're a nonprofit Christian ministry, and... Um, one of the blessings of being a nonprofit Christian ministry is you don't have the pressure of shareholders. You know, we don't have to make decisions about publishing books um, because we have to turn a big profit. 
Um, so that's kind of how we got started. Um, I would say that our mission is, uh, is really just that, to promote biblical Christianity. Um, we, we particularly focus on pastors and seminarians and kind of filling or giving ammunition uh, to the pulpit so that through the pulpit the church might be fed. But we also publish evangelistic resources and books on the Christian life uh, that people in the pew, uh, Christians in the pew, can benefit from. Um, anything from you know books on suffering, books that we might talk about a little bit later today about dealing with Roman Catholicism and the difference between Rome and, and biblical Christianity, um, all through the gambit. Uh, books for, for young readers, for new readers, for, for women and for men and for children. Um, so we, we primarily focused on books. But we also publish a monthly magazine, which is really how we got started with, was with our monthly magazine. That, that came before the books. And also through uh, hosting pastors' conferences, both in the U.K. and uh, this side of the Atlantic. And we also have a biannual conference in wow. Australia, in yeah. case any of your... Wow, from Australia. Amazing. Australia this is 1950, 1955, the Banner of Truth Trust started. We, let's, let's talk a little bit later, Pat, about those conferences and, and the magazine. L- let's start out with, with things old. Why don't you tell us about some of the old writers that the Banner of Truth has republished, and especially, what, what are your best sellers? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I think... One of the things that, if people have heard about Banner of Truth, they are familiar with the old writings. They're sometimes not as familiar that we have living authors, but we'll get to them later, like you said. And they are harder to deal with because they want royalties. These dead men, they don't, you know, they don't worry about royalties and stuff, so they are easier to deal with. So that's not why we publish them. No lawsuits them from them. Because we believe yeah, that sure. they are excellent and biblically faithful. So some of our best-selling older books... Um, you would find in our Puritan paperback series, which is a collection of excellent biblical, mostly sermons that are recorded um, that deal with issues of the Christian life. So one of those would be The Rare Jewel by Jeremiah Burroughs. Another is Mortification of Sin by John Owen or The Mystery of Providence by John Flavel. These are all books that are written by the Puritans. And if your listeners have never heard of these men, uh, when they hear of the word Puritan, they might think, well, that sounds pejorative, because we've often used the language of Puritan to mean you know, just somebody who doesn't like to have fun, just a yeah. grumpy old man yeah. who, who doesn't like to have fun. Well, that, that is a, a caricature of what right. true Puritanism was about in England um, in the 17th century. Yeah, it was at H.L. Mencken who said, defined a, Puran, a Puritan as uh, someone somewhere who had a morbid dread that a, a person who uh, believes that someone somewhere uh, is is enjoying himself or something like that. And that is so contrary to the truth. You know, you mentioned, and, and this, this pat begins to excite me because, as I mentioned, I can look back, this is before you were born, uh, reading Banner of Truth books that I was introduced in college, but you mentioned the rare jewel of Christian contentment by Jeremiah Burroughs. Yeah, you talk about a book that was written centuries ago that is needed in our day, but the rare jewel of Christian contentment is it. Yeah, and I think people wonder, like, how can a book that's you know about 400 years old really speak to me today? And I think what the Puritans did is they they didn't write about themselves. So they're not, these are not, you know, modern-day authors are very autobiographical. They, they tell stories about their day or about their lives, and that really dates a book because 
in 200 years, stories about someone in 2018 won't exactly connect or make sense, but the Puritans, they just focused on God's Word. Um, these are people who were, uh, who were familiar with suffering. You know, many of their children died in childbirth or never made it to adulthood. Many of their wives died. Um, death at that point in, in church history was, was much more of a reality than it is today. Today we're so insulated from, from that. So you find these Puritans, they just, they're acquainted with suffering, and through that they are acquainted with God's sufficiency and God's grace, and they really write in a way that is so different than today's modern authors. And that's why when people get into these Puritan paperbacks, I've heard one friend say, I ask myself the question, why do I read anything else? Like yeah. The spiritual depth and understanding of the scriptures is so different than modern writing. And why am I? Why do I hesitate to pick up these old books? And that—that's kind of been the consistent feedback we've received about the Puritan paperbacks, about um, you know Owen and, and Sibs and these men. And I, I'd encourage your listeners if they've never—if they've never heard of this stuff, if they've never picked up a Puritan paperback or read anything by a a 16th or 17th century Puritan to just try it out. You'll be surprised just what a wonderfully spiritual uh, delight it is to read. Yeah, and you can just jot down the, the website. I was fascinated in preparing the monologue. Just finally, Pat, taking the time to go through your outstanding website at banneroftruth.org. I mean, it is like being in a candy store when you see the things that you've got. Another one... And, 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 of course, another reason, Pat, why, why I'm a big fan of these things is in the church that I pastored in, in Franklin Square, New York, for uh, 35 years, we were big promoters of these books, uh, not only to help our own people, but for evangelism. But one that strikes me as being so contemporary, though it was written centuries ago, is John Flavel's The Mystery of Providence, uh, about which which really deals with with God ordering our lives and the gifts that He's given us, and and it sort of takes the, if I could put it this way, the self-centeredness of our culture today, but puts it in a beautiful biblical framework. Right. Uh, yeah, that's good. I think you know today we really like to think we have our heads around exactly what God's doing in our lives, but we often we don't really know until later on. Right, um, right. And I think Flavel brings that out nicely. That a couple. I mean, some of it's, I'm sorry. The Lord knows. The Lord's working all these things for our good, and that should be enough for us. Yeah. We don't have to try to figure out every aspect of what's going on in the present. Yeah, exactly. And and add to this as well. And I, I believe Pat, most of these men who whose writings were you mentioned recorded that with that they were they were transcribed by secretaries basically um, when they preached. But these men were pastors. And they really minister to the to the not just to the head but to the heart as well. Um, we're, we're going to be in a little bit talking about especially books for pastors and listeners. That's a great gift to give to your pastor. It's a good book. But uh, the Glory of Christ by John Owen was a was a watershed reading for me. Um, and, and then then also by Richard Sibbs, uh, the Bruised Reed and the Smoking Flax which is basically on the way Jesus deals with his people. Uh, I, I would imagine, are those, those are bestsellers today, Pat, still? Yeah, they are perennial bestsellers for us. Um, and they, they, you know, they've been out now. We've published these for 30, 40, 50 years now, um, and they're continually being reprinted. Some of them are, you know, through their 
they've been reprinted over a dozen times, and uh, I think that speaks to their spiritual relevancy yes. uh, throughout the ages. You know, when when you're faced with the question of what book should I read next, I think you know there's there's so many books being published today, and some of them are very good, and, and I'm not I'm not against those. We obviously publish new books too, but ask yourself the question. What about these classics that have been around for so long? Why would I not want to dip into one of those? Um, obviously, if the Church of Christ has continually looked to these books for help, there must be something about them that could help me, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, especially, Pat, one of the things in, in our area of metropolitan New York that we've been struck with in, in various very painful ways is what, what, what the Puritan writer John Owen would call peculiar satanic assault and your Puritan paperback, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices by Thomas Brooks, and and also, uh, what is it, three volumes, right? The, the, the Christian in Complete Armor by William Gurnall. Um, these are so relevant and contemporary. And and then, uh, I'm not wanting to take your place, Pat, but I tell you Go that. Go ahead, you've got the reins. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, your show. The program we did on, uh, on, on, Sam, on uh, Samuel Rutherford, I realized, and we had a copy of it, I just didn't realize at the time, the little red volume, The Loveliness of Christ. What a what a priceless volume. And my favorite, Pat, as you know, is The Valley of Vision, a collection of Puritan prayers and devotionals. You're going to keep reprinting that in the leather edition, I hope. Yes, yeah, it's getting reprinted, yeah. yeah. We had a quick story, and then we're going to take a break. We had a, a one of our members in Franklin Square uh, had gone to a, a conference, and he was rooming with a pastor who was pretty discouraged. And uh, the, the pastor noticed our church member's copy of the Valley of Vision there. And he said, that looks interesting. May I read it tomorrow with my devotions? And the man said, sure. They were in bunks there. And early the next morning, the, uh, the, the Franklin Square church member woke up. And he saw the, the pastor hunched over his desk with one of these, these little tensor lamps they had at the time. And he, the tears were streaming down his cheeks as he was going through page after page of Valley of Vision, a collection of Puritan prayers and devotions. And uh, when the my room, the, the, the church member got up, he said, what do you think of the book? And he said, Pat, you can quote this for your promotion. He said, that book is gold. It is pure gold, the Valley of Vision. Well, you may have questions about the Banner of Truth Trust and, and uh, its manager, Pat Daly, if you'd like to call in with your questions, 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions, 516-367-0391. Text them to Pastor Bill. We have a couple of books to offer you from the Banner of Truth, but you've got to stay tuned to find out about them. Right, down, right now, though, a message from uh, The Voice of a visit to the pastor's study. That great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest and most neglected. 
Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information, check out the website at ReformationMetroNY.org where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again, ReformationMetroNY.org. Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. I'd like to call in with your questions to Pat Daly, manager of the Banner of Truth Trust USA, talking about books and bringing the past to the present. Uh, phone number for your calls are 631-955-5400, or you can text your questions, 516-367-0391. Hey, our friend Tyler in Mastic Beach, what's on your mind today, Tyler? Good, how are you? Good afternoon. Afternoon. Good, uh, I'm so glad you guys are on the subject of the banner. Um, I can't thank the Banner of Truth enough for uh, its ministry and publishing Christian literature that specifically... Um, just focuses on, uh, you know, on the on the Calvinist, Calvinistic and Reformed view of the glory of God. I think a lot of the writings are in that area. Um, I just there's two particular volumes that, uh, well, actually, one is a collection of volumes that I purchased back in when I was in Carlisle for a conference. Uh, the collection of uh, Richard Sibbs. Um, oh boy, isn't that a oh man? You just you get lost just reading the the, the amazing uh, doxology the Puritans had for Christ and. Also, another volume I purchased uh, a while back was, uh, I think, A.A. Uh, a. Hodge's commentary on the Westminster Confession. That's also just been, uh, it's, you guys are just, what are you doing is great. Oh, great, Tyler. Hey, thanks so much for the phone call. You know, Tyler mentioned, uh, and, and Pat, I want, we're going to talk about things new in just a moment, too. Uh, you, you, the, the, a Defense of Calvinism by Charles Spurgeon, who was probably the greatest Baptist preacher, of the greatest preacher, of the 19th century in, in England. That's an excellent volume as well. But but let's, uh, Pat, let's talk about things new that are published by the Banner of Truth. I'm interested in your your Banner mini-guides. They're, they're what, about 100 pages long, and they're re- very, very easy. They're very, uh, what, $8 retail. Can't beat the price. Talk talk to us about those uh, mini-guides. Yeah, so, you know, we talk so much about old authors because they're so good, but we do publish living authors, so people should know that. And this mini guide series, which is brand new, just came out in May, is a perfect example of just an excellent series that's worth your consideration. So the mini guides are, are accessible, short books. Yeah, you mentioned they're around 100 pages, and they seek to deal with five major categories of, of Christianity. First is key truths, second, Christian history, then Christian living, Christian Mind, and lastly, Christian Missions. And each title uh, provides an outline of the subject in simple, easy-to-understand terms uh, with enough information to enlarge your understanding, but with the goal of kind of wetting your appetite, encouraging you to study the, the subject in more detail. And at the end of each chapter, there, there's um, suggestions for further reading. Um, yeah, they're divided into 13 chapters, so if you're someone who organizes a Sunday school 
or uh, you know a small group study and you're looking for something that would work well for a book that you know it's accessible it's not too long but it's on really good uh, meaty subjects then the mini guides would be uh, would be a really good place for you to start we've got uh, four new titles that have that are just being released um, and they are uh, the Church of Christ by uh, Mark Johnston the Bible God's inerrant word by Derek Thomas um, the Christian Mind, which is a really interesting book on just what it means to think about to think about the world, to think about Christ, think about the Scripture in, from a Christian perspective. And then lastly, Salvation, uh, Full and Free in Christ by Ian Hamilton. So the first, the first three in the Key Truth section are the Church, the Bible, and Salvation, and then the Christian Mind is part of like the Christian Mind section of the series. So these are books that are, you know, they're not, they're not dealing with things um, kind of like, Topically, like uh, you know, what 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 should I do about marriage, or or what does the Bible teach about homosexuality? That's that's not. It's more kind of systematic in a sense. So, tell me about the church or ecclesiology. And here's a hundred-page book by Mark Johnson, which will really get you into it and kind of give you the groundwork to understand what we believe and what the Bible teaches about the church. So that, that's the many guides do, and, and yeah, I definitely encourage your listeners to look into them further. I'm so glad, Pat, that, that Banner of Truth Trust is doing this because you, you know as well as I do, people won't read long things like they used to. You may whet their appetite to read something longer, but uh, normally won't. And I love the subtitle of The Christian Mind by Bill Edgar, Escaping Futility. Um, it sounds like I, I've not read it. Obviously, it just came out, but it, but it sounds like something that would be very, very helpful. Just thinking about how the, we address the culture today. Sinclair Ferguson. Now, Sinclair Ferguson is connected with the Banner of Truth Trust, correct? Yeah, that's right. He's the chairman of our board of trustees. Okay. Um, he, my, I lost count of the number of Dr. Ferguson's books that you have, um, I thought of some discovering God's will, um, deserted by God, and we you have to add there's a question mark at, at the end of that, um, which is a phenomenal volume for people going through difficulties in their lives, is let's study Mark and Philippians. Why Why do you believe Dr. Ferguson's books are, are so popular, Pat? Sure. I think I think Ferguson and there's a few men throughout history who I think have been able to do this well, but he kind of has his feet um, in two worlds. So he's got his one foot in the Reformation Puritan era, and he's got that deep confessional theology, experimental Calvinism, which I don't know if you're familiar or, or your listeners are familiar with that word. But what we mean by experimental Calvinism is it's a deep biblical Reformed theology that affects the way you live. It, it changes your heart. Um, you, these things are, don't just stop at your head. Obviously, we read the books, knowledge goes in the head. It then moves to the heart and, ch- and moves your heart as the Spirit applies the Word of God to us. And then it you know, it eventually makes it to your hands, and it changes the way you live and the way you serve God and His Church. Um, so, so Ferguson, he, he's got his, his one foot in that experimental Calvinistic church history world, but then he's got his one foot in the modern world, and he can he can bring these truths to us in such a an accessible way, a readable way. And I just think he's able to bring us deeply into the thoughts of God as presented in the yeah. Scripture. Um, so he he's always been a popular author of ours, and and many readers have enjoyed his books and found them very spiritually helpful. The other thing about Ferguson is I feel like 
he's just so solid theologically that you can really relax when you read him. <laughs> great way he's to not put it. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Weird doctrines. He's not trying to reinvent the wheel. He's just being simple and faithful, and you can really relax and just soak in what he teaches. And there's a wonderful Christ-centeredness in everything he does. In fact, uh, this is whetting your appetite, but for my little segment at the end that, that we call Counsel from the Pastor's Study, I'm going to highlight one of his books. Um, yeah, uh, We're going to have to have a little uh, break from our sponsor in a minute, but, but Pat, we've got a couple of books that Banner of Truth very graciously has sent to me to offer to our listeners. Uh, you want to tell us about them? Sure. Um, the first is... Uh, the Godly Man's Picture uh, by Thomas Watson. That's one of those Puritan paperbacks we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and Watson is, you know, he's an English Puritan, 17th, uh, 17th century. And in this book, I love the subtitle of this book. Uh, so the title is Godly Man's Picture. The subtitle is uh, Some Characteristic Marks of a Man Who Is Going to Heaven. Yeah. And he goes through uh, just a number of different uh topics about what it means to be a Christian. I'll just read a couple things from the, uh, the, the uh, table of contents. You know, some characteristics of a godly man is a man of knowledge, a man moved by faith, a man fired with love, a man like God, a man careful about the worship of God. So it really is a tour de force on what it means to be a godly Christian. Yeah. And uh, I, can't, I can't say enough about this book. I don't know how much time I have until... Uh, we got to go to, to adverts, but uh, I can Well, it's talk. my program, so I can do it when I want. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Well, let me just say, when I, my, when my wife and I were engaged to be married, and we went through uh, marriage counseling, this is the book that we read through, which is a very, kind of an odd marriage counseling book. But our pastor said, look, if you get the principles in this book ironed out, and you understand them and embrace them, the rest of the aspects about being married will come together. But if you miss these up, what it means to be basically godly, then your marriage will suffer. So these are really the principles. Um, and Thomas Watson, he's one of those guys who, he, he was not afraid to turn over every rock in the Christian life and ask the question, "What? how would I honor God with how I live here? Yeah. And so it's a very searching book, um, very readable. It's not, it's old, but it is not uh, dull. Like you said, your program, it's sometimes controversial, but not dull. This is not controversial, and it's not dull. <laughs> it's just... And it's full. Watson has this, I mean, every line or two, he's got these metaphors and similes and images that he, that he uses. I mean, his books sparkle. Okay, so that's the godly man's picture. Uh, what about yeah. the other one that Banner has so graciously provided so we can give them to our listeners who ask? Yeah, the other one is The Bible, Salvation, and Roman Catholicism by William Webster. Now, I was raised as a Roman Catholic, so... I grew up in Rome, I attended Mass, a very faithful uh, church attender. But this book uh, really is faithful and kind in showing the real serious differences between Rome and, and biblical Christianity. And it's, it's fair to the Roman Catholic position because he doesn't just tell you what he thinks about Rome, which I don't think is very helpful if we're, if we're really having a, a discussion about the differences. Um, but he, he quotes from the Roman documents, so the, the papal bulls, the Roman Catholic catechisms, um, the different uh, councils, and he says this is what they believe about, listen, I'll just some of the topics, so tradition and the word of God, very, very serious difference there. Who, wh- what is the only rule that we can use to direct us how we may glorify and enjoy God? Is it tradition and the word of God, or is it just the word of God? Um, he goes through the mass, priesthood, confession and penance, the Eucharist, 
baptism, um, justification, repentance, and, he's, and he goes through all these different topics. He quotes what Rome says and kind of summarizes what Rome says. And then he just quotes the Bible, just quotes a number of passages by this, from the scriptures, and then he just asks the question, which which position is being more faithful well, to the Word of God? Yeah, the Bible's, so yeah. it's a great book to read through with someone who's Roman Catholic and they really don't think there's much of a difference. It's also a great book to read through with a Christian who doesn't think that Rome's that bad or that different. I mean, I, I can't tell you, Bill, how many times recently even in our local congregation where I've talked to people, and they really don't think the difference between Rome yeah. and Protestant Christianity is that different. Yeah. In a book like this, you, you can't read a book like this and come to that conclusion no, no. because I think it's just so helpful. Yeah, again, this is another and, one uh, we so made. Yeah, we made a good book to look to. great use of that since so many of our members in Franklin Square were formerly Roman Catholics and new Roman Catholics, and it's written in a very gracious way, the Bible Salvation and Roman Catholicism, the other, the godly man's picture. Now, you can request one or the other, but, but not both. Um, just uh, send your request to visit pastorbill at gmail.com. You've got to give me your mailing address, though. We can't send you the books if we don't have your mailing address, and uh, we'll be glad to get out to you either the godly man's picture or the Bible's salvation and Roman Catholicism. Hey, just a quick word from our sponsor. The sponsor of this program is a group of churches uh, that are in the metropolitan New York and Connecticut area. They're Orthodox Presbyterian congregations in East Haddam, Connecticut. That's Harvest, OPC. And then Westminster, OPC, in Hamden, Connecticut, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Mount Vernon, New York. And then right here in the metropolitan New York area proper, uh, the Reformation Presbyterian Church in Fresh Meadows, Queens, and then Orthodox Presbyterian Churches in Franklin Square, Trinity Church in Syosset, and the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Bohemia. Those are all faithful churches, and their burden is to reach out to you via radio. If you're in those areas, we'd love to have you visit those churches. If you're not committed to another congregation, they're not the only faithful churches in our area, but we can commend them to you. Also, we mentioned the podcasts of a visit to the pastor's study. You can get them at visitthepastorsstudy.org. And just some that pertain to what we're dealing with today uh, from December 31st of 2016. Wow. Holding to the changeless in a rapidly changing world. That's December 31st, 2016. And then from October 7th of, of 2017, a tribute to John Bunyan's A Pilgrim's Progress. And uh, John Bunyan's works, a number of them also published by the Banner of Truth. And then we highly, highly recommend uh, the program The Piety of Samuel Rutherford, which was given on June 16th of 2018. Uh, that has gotten much circulation. Hopefully it's... Uh, giving not only a good model of piety but introducing you to the to the rich writings published by the republished by the banner of truth of Samuel Rutherford we'd also like it if you'd like us and follow us on Facebook and if you'd like to email me visit pastor bill at gmail.com visit pastor bill at gmail.com where you can request either the godly man's picture by Thomas Watson uh, or the Bible salvation and Roman Catholicism by William Webster uh, both provided for you as gifts from the Banner of Truth Trust remember to send your name and your mailing address with your request to visit pastor bill at gmail.com um, Pat, let's talk about books, especially for pastors. 
that the Banner of Truth publishes. And listeners, uh, these are good gifts to give to your pastor to encourage us. Uh, tell us some more of your best sellers from the Banner of Truth. Yeah, um, I think Charles Bridges' book, The Christian Ministry, is probably the one book I get the most positive feedback from pastors on how it's going to change their ministry. Um, we, like, we, like I said at the beginning, we, we really believe that if the, if the pulpit ministry of the Church of Jesus Christ is being fed with good doctrine and really you know, understanding the, the Scriptures well, the Lord will bless His church through that. And uh, so we, we have focused on them, and we publish hundreds and hundreds of volumes for pastors. Um, not that a, someone who's not a pastor couldn't benefit from these, but they're specifically aimed, written by pastors for pastors. So I mentioned that book by Bridges of Christian Ministry. Uh, we have a couple of titles by J.C. Ryle, in particular, Christian Leaders of the 18th Century, um, Looking Back in History at Men Who Have... Uh, bold confidence in, in God and in the gospel in the midst of persecution. Um, yeah, Spurgeon. Spurgeon was one of those men. <clears throat> uh, you know, you already mentioned the English Baptist pastor from uh, 19th century, who who really invested a lot of time in the next generation of pastors, and he wrote he wrote books on which books you should read, which the banner has used. Uh, in, in informing that you know our trustees have used to inform what we should publish. So anything by Spurgeon is going to be not just theologically uh, helpful, but really spiritually helpful for pastors who are in the trenches. You know, Spurgeon, he he was obviously a very gifted man. The Lord really blessed his ministry, but he also had a very difficult times in, in you know the downgrade controversy and in times where it seemed like the whole other churches in the, in the area were against what he was doing. So he, he doesn't write from this ivory tower. I no. uh, can't no. really relate to modern pastors today. So anything he's written, in particular an old round ministry, which you just reprinted a new cloth-bound new edition of that. Good, good. Yeah, that's uh, the subtitle of it, Direction, Wisdom, and Encouragement for Preachers and Pastors. And, and while, of course, a lot of his illustrations pertain to his day, just the chapter headings in there and the topics that he covers. Wow. I mean, that's he could be saying all of those things to today. Um, and, and also, Pat, you, you, the, the, the banner has, is published as a separate little volume, The Greatest Fight in the World by Charles Spurgeon, which I, I think was his, wasn't that his last address given to the, to the Preacher's College? That's right. Yeah, he would give addresses to... Um the pastor's college that he was helped uh, that he helped found and ran, and that is uh, it's a small paperback volume, so it's only about 100 pages. Something you can dip into if you've never read Spurgeon. That would be a good yeah. place to start. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Another, you. another place for yeah. Spurgeon, if you've never read him, is Christ's Glorious Achievements, which are oh. I believe about 10 sermons on Christ. Uh, excellent. excellent place to start. And I think uh, one pastor said it's the it maybe might be the best place to start reading Spurgeon if you've never. Interesting, read it interesting. You know, back on what you mentioned, because when I taught pastoral theology over over several years, we did use Charles Bridges' The Christian Ministry. The footnotes alone are worth are worth the price of that volume, and Ryle's Christian Leaders of the 18th Century, especially for ministers, but not only for ministers. Those first two chapters, chapter one on the moral conditions in England in the 1700s, sounds almost exactly like our day. 
And then the agency God used to bring conversions and revival, of course, was preaching. So um, excellent volumes. Our time is moving on quickly. Got a lot more to cover. Books for comfort. Now let's talk about things that people can buy, pastors can buy, churches can buy to give out to others. Volumes that would be comfortable, helpful to people who are grieving or are going through trials that that the Banner of Truth publishes? Sure. Uh you have someone in your congregation who's suffering with cancer, uh, I think just the best book in the world to give them is a book by a man named Paul Wolf called My God is True. Yeah. And Paul uh, suffered through cancer and by God's grace is healed and uh, is, you know, he's pastoring today, uh, actually near, pretty close to where you are, Bill. Interesting. Um, in the PCA. And that is just an excellent book on, you know, Declaring that God's promises and who He is, who He says He is, is true, and in the midst of suffering, you can, you can, you know, uh, one pastor said not to waste your suffering, um, to know that uh, even in the difficult times, God is working and God is, sh- you know, really showing us our weakness. But we remember what Paul said uh, in Second uh, Corinthians that in in my weakness, I'm strong. And he understand, we understand the sufficiency of God. So we do we do have a number of books. Uh, that Paul Wolf book, My God is True, is excellent. And Christians um, Grieve Too by Donald Howard. Don't know how many copies of that we've given out whenever people have a death in the family. Uh, that That's an outstanding one. What about evangelistic tools uh, for outreach? Sure. We've uh, Coming to Faith in Christ, which is a little booklet by John Benton. And that book, we have sold gobs and gobs of that book. So I Really helpful evangelistic booklet. Um, right with God by uh, John Blanchard is a small paperback. And you're really asking the question: Are you right with God? What does it mean to be right with God? What does God say in His Word? And these are small, accessible books. So we do we do have a number of books uh, that you could use evangelistically that your church could purchase and and hand out. And, and we actually I don't know if we have time to discuss it, but we have ways to help churches do that. Sure. If you're if you're in a church. And you want to purchase in some of these books that we've talked about for your pastors or for evangelistic uh, campaigns that you're going to run, uh, call us at bannertruth.org. Go on our website. You'll find our contact information. And we'll set you up with a church account, which will give you a special discount so you don't have to pay full retail. You know, our books are available all online, Amazon, uh, you know, Christian book distributors, Westminster Books, other on- online retailers. But if you contact us directly, we'll give you a special church account so that when you're doing something like buying books in for a, for a Sunday school curriculum or for an outreach uh, program you're running, you can get the best discount so you can make it a little more affordable on your church budget. Excellent. Oh, that's great. That's terrific. Hey, what about children's books? Okay, so we just launched this new children's series, which is the coolest thing since sliced bread, <laughs> and it's called the Banner Board Book Series. And it's church history for toddlers, which... At first glance, might you know <laughs> some people might be? Are you kidding me? Church history for toddlers? These people at the banner are nuts. But I'm I have four small children, and two of them are still well, just kind of leaving the toddler stage. And I read to them so much; they love being read to. And I'm reading these books about dogs and about colors and about you know good stuff. Not not wrong, but why not introduce them to some of these these really colorful characters from church history? So that can just kind of whet their appetites and, and teach them about where they come from. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that Christianity didn't begin yesterday. Uh, our little kids can, can 
learn that through these board books. And so we've, we started this board book series, Beautiful Illustrations, and they're, they're on four different people just as we begin. Um, Susanna Spurgeon, Katie Luther, so there's two, on, two women, and then uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones and uh, George Whitfield. Wow. And the Dr. Lloyd-Jones one is really excellent. Oh, great. Why? Uh, <laughs> it's called The Doctor Who Became a Preacher. Oh, my. He was a, was he the diagnostician to the queen or something before he right. was Right, he was at the height of yeah. uh, medical um, you know, success in the U.K. But the board book doesn't really get into all right. that graphic sure. detail. just kind of talks about, you know, there's this doctor, and he's helping people's yeah. bodies. But he recognizes that their souls need help, too. And who's going to help their soul? So he's kind of wrestling with this, and he decides that he's going to commit himself to ministry to help people's souls. And then he, wow. you know, there's, there's, there's illustrations of him preaching in the congregation, and he opens the word of God to the congregation wow. and preaches faithfully that Jesus can forgive your sins. Wow, wonderful. That's ban- banner board books. What a great books. thing to read with your tongue. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And real quickly, Pat, Spanish titles. You've got Spanish titles as well, right? Right, we've got 70 Spanish titles, wow. so primarily we publish English, but we've got about 70 Spanish titles that we translated, stuff, stuff by the Puritans, um, by uh, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, by Spurgeon. We also have some new titles in Chinese, too. In, oh, interesting. Additional Mandarin text. Excellent. Um, so we, we are trying to translate things, because there, there's really a growing Reformed movement in, uh, in Latin America, and so these books are getting pumped down there with the hope that you know, the things that we enjoy here in English that can be enjoyed there as well. Yeah. In China as well, tremendous growth yeah. of, the, of the historic Christian faith that we call the Reformed faith. Hey, real quick, Pat, uh, give us the contact information for Banner of Truth Trust, because there they can learn more about the magazine and the minister's conferences and get other idols, uh, articles. Give us your uh, contact information, okay? Sure. Uh, banneroftruth.org. That's real simple. That's it. If you go there, wow. you'll find emails, you'll find phone numbers. You'll, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all wow. social media. Um, we are trying to reach the next generation, and by God's Excellent. grace, we're able to do that. Hey, thanks. Go to our website, banneroftruth.org. Banneroftruth.org. Great. Hey, Pat, thanks so much for being our guest today. This is our little segment at the end. We call it Council from the Pastor's Study. Matthew 13.52 that we began with, every scribe, that is someone who could read and write, who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven, and that, of course, has a primary application today to ministers. But, 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 while in the first century people in most cases could not read and write, Today, most people can in our culture, and so we can apply this to all disciples of Jesus Christ. All of us are to bring out of our treasure, our storehouse, things old and things new. Let me ask you, a disciple of Jesus Christ, do you want to follow him? Well, if so, then you ought to personally apply this. What opportunities, unprecedented opportunities we have to not only study the Word of God, but study books like the ones we've mentioned, reading them, thinking about them, meditating on them. And here I'm going to give you a book suggestion. This isn't one of our free books. You have to pay for it, but you will appreciate it and you will value it. It is by our friend Sinclair Ferguson, and that's the book Devoted to God, Blueprint, Blueprints for Sanctification with Chapters, The Ground Plan, All of Me, Prepositions of Grace, a different kind of death, conflict zone, the new rhythm, in for the kill, the law goes deep, keep going, and the ultimate goal, ten chapters in Sinclair Ferguson's fascinating volume devoted to God, Blueprints for Sanctification. Why is this so important? 
because the Bible says without holiness no one will see the Lord. And this is a book about holiness, emphasizing that holiness is not first separation from things, but rather it is separation unto God. Hence the volume by Sinclair Ferguson that I cannot too highly recommend to you, Devoted to God. And don't just read it. In fact, don't just read any of the volumes we've mentioned in the past 50 minutes or so. Chew on them. As with any good book, you want a good book to be like a prime steak dinner. There's a lot of uh, books out there that are kind of like... um, well, non-nutritious, cheap hamburgers. <laughs> but a good book is a prime steak dinner. Take your time with it and savor it. And I'd suggest that you do that with a little reading time daily. Get up earlier so you can read your Bible and do this kind of reading and take some time to pray. And if you say, well, it's hard to get up a little earlier, go to bed a little bit earlier so you can do it and be like the Israelites of old who gathered their manna in the morning. And I would also say God has given us a wonderful provision each week in what we call the Lord's Day or the Christian Sabbath uh, when you should take that whole day to be with the Lord, being worshiping with the Lord's people, fellowshipping with the Lord's people, getting some time for physical rest, but also time to immerse your soul in the things of the Word of God. Why so important? Matthew 16:26. What will it profit a person if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a person give in return for his soul? Positively, you've got heaven and glory to gain. And the best books, like the ones we spoke of today, they'll let you breathe the atmosphere of heaven now. Take advantage of those opportunities. Hey, thanks to Pat Daly, who is the manager of the Banner of Truth Trust USA. Keep that free book offer in mind, The Godly Man's Picture by Thomas Watson, or Salvation, the Bible, and Roman Catholicism by William Webster. You can get the one or the other of those books by emailing me, visitpastorbill at gmail.com, visitpastorbill at gmail.com. And remember the other website, banneroftruth.org. Org. Hey, appreciate your feedback or your questions. I've given you my email address. I hope you use it. Visit PastorBill at gmail.com. And remember, tomorrow is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor. You've been listening to A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York. Our website is www.reformationmetrony.org. Again, that's www.reformationmetrony.org. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week at 12 noon for another edition of... A visit to the pastor's study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.